So let's read together God's word. God's word to us this morning from Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 to 14. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my lord? He answered, you do not know what these are? No, my lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things, since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel? Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, What are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, You do not know what these are? No, my lord, I said. So he said, These are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. My mother told me once of attending church one Sunday morning to discover that uh, arsonists had tried to burn the church down the night before. Uh, there'd been considerable damage to the front of the church and the police had been called. Plastic tape had been put around the, um, the front of the church and people were being directed to the hall. It was a crime scene. So as people arrived at church, they were directed to the hall and naturally enough, everyone was talking about the fire. Church this Sunday was going to be in the hall. Pastor David stood up and introduced the service with words to reassure the congregation of the Lord's goodness and love and protection for all the people in Jesus Christ. And then after leading in a prayer, Pastor David asked if the uh, musicians would come forward and the song leaders to lead in the first song and they stood up and came to the front and on the screen came the title for the first song chosen during that week give me oil in my lamp keep me burning <laughs> now in our reading from Zechariah 4 we have this fifth vision of lamps a lampstand olive trees branches and golden oil and what does all this mean that's exactly what Zechariah's question was wasn't it <clears throat> what are these my lord and already he's had a pretty heavy night. He's, uh, 
the 24th day of the 11th month of 520 BC, and the God's word has come to him with visions concerning the return to the Lord. Always a great truth for Christians to be thinking about, especially at this time of year, you know, as Advent, the coming of the Lord. To prepare, a call to prepare, to get ready, uh, to be ready. Uh, always ready. Uh, he says, as the people in Zechariah 1. He says, return to me and I will return to you by repentance, that is, turning from self to him. Will God's people be his people, will listen to his word and follow his call to return in their hearts to him? As it's always been, will they be seen to be God's people and do his work? And as we've been seeing in Zechariah, the rebuilding of God's temple has been the focus, his house, showing that God's people, oh, sorry, God dwells with his people, that God is jealous for his people, that God is choosing Jerusalem again, the God of the nations, so they will also be called my people. It's a, it's a grand picture, a grand purpose, which we can trace all the way back to the Lord's promises to Abraham and King David and all the way through to the prophets about the exile and the restoration, all the way through to Jesus, God's King, Messiah, who came to dwell amongst us. God calling the people, return to me, return and believe, repent and believe. And here we are part of, this, of his worldwide church this morning, called to a task, committed to go and make disciples. Well, let's take a deeper dive into Zechariah 4 as we take this in, the vision, the interpretation of it, and what this means for doing God's work in our day. So first, the vision, and the burning question is this, how is building the temple going to get done? Uh, Zechariah is woken up by the angel, he's sleeping, probably symbolising the inactivity of God's people, time to wake up, um, time to see what God is doing. He asks Zechariah, what do you see? A golden lampstand. See it there? A bowl on top with seven lamps on it, seven channels to those lamps. And also two olive trees on either side of the bowl. It seems that these two olive trees supplying the golden olive oil to the bowl, which is the reservoir of the oil that runs through the seven channels to the seven lamps on the lampstand. Moses had been commanded to make a golden lamp stand in the tabernacle in Exodus 25, which had seven lamps, but it needed the constant attention of the priests to keep it burning in the tabernacle, a sign of God's continual presence there. But the lamp stand here in the vision of Zechariah sees it's not dependent on the priests to keep the lamps burning. That's because there are two olive trees with the two branches on the right and the left-hand side of the, la of the lampstand, pouring the golden olive oil into the bowl, going through the seven channels to the seven lamps. And Zechariah is standing there admitting he doesn't know what these are in verse 4. And he asks again in verse 11 and in verse 12, what are they? You see it there in the Bible. What are they? Zechariah is trying to get his head around all of this, and probably we are too this morning. What are these things? What does this all mean? Well, let's turn to the interpretation then of the vision. 
And how does the Lord respond to this burning question? How is the building of the temple going to get done? And the Lord responds in verse 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, he returned with the exiles, the exiles from Babylon, and began the work on the temple. A direct descendant of King David, hundreds of years earlier, God had promised David a son who would build a house for my name. For almost 70 years, God's people had been without a temple. God was not dwelling with them. Now that's about to change as Zechariah is charged to bring this word to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Everything seemed to be opposing that building. It looked small, pathetic, a shambles, disheartened people. We read in Ezra 5, there's a fellow called Tetanai who's appointed by Darius as governor of this region called Trans-Euphrates. And he sends a delegation with a letter to Darius requesting that any, uh, any attempt to build the temple be stopped. On a human level, getting the temple up seems impossible. Whereas the Lord says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What are you, mighty mountain? The description of any type of difficulty, however great, like a Persian empire that towered over Zerubbabel, or Darius, who in an instant could just simply skittle the whole thing. Do not fear, the opposition of a mighty mountain will be laid flat. And we go to Ezra 6 and we read that Tetanau's letter to Darius backfired as Darius commands Tetanai to support the rebuilding of the temple. And then in verse 7 we see how Zerubbabel will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. The capstone was the crucial bit of the whole thing, that final component. At that moment, everyone rightly shouts, God bless it. Bless the temple as the capstone is put in place. Temple complete. The vision of the golden lampstands points to the community. The people with Zerubbabel engage in building the temple, a community, a light, who by the Spirit, the work is done. Two olive trees are Zerubbabel and the high priest, sorry, Zerubbabel and the high priest Joshua, leaders of the community, the sons of oil in verse 14 it says, who serve the Lord, who stand before the Lord of all the earth at that time, a picture that we find in Revelation 11, a description of two witnesses. It's as though Zechariah shakes his hand with John in the Revelation. Revelation 11 verse 4, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. Then in verse 6, they have the power to shut up the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. That sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? That sounds like Elijah in 1 Kings 17. 
who prophesied and there was no rain. And it goes on in verse 6 there. They have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague. Hang on a sec, that sounds like Moses. As God delivered the people out of Egypt. And so you have Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, summarising the witness of God's people throughout salvation history. All who witness to the Lord, which includes us. God's people. God's people. So Zerubbabel and Joshua at that time in their day, witnesses, supplied the golden, with the golden oil as, God, as God's servants. And through them, these two men, these two olive branches, these two sons of oil, the Lord will sustain his people for the work of building the temple. The Lord supplying his oil, an endless supply of oil, through them as his witnesses. And so the lamps keep burning on the lampstand, describing how the Lord empowers his people by his spirit for the work throughout the ages. And that's what we are called to be. We're called to be light bearers. You are called to be a light bearer, a God bearer. That should be the title of every believer. Through God's spirit to a world in darkness. Empowered by God's spirit for the work. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The spirit who dwells in us is the oil for our lamps so that light will not go out. Jesus would later say to his disciples, you are the light of the world. And he told them, I am the light of the world. And that's how we serve today by the Spirit, and power to be his witnesses. This is vital for everything we do here. That's why we meet to pray. To ask that God's power for everything would happen here, if his work. Please fill me with your spirit for everything that lies ahead of me today. And so it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It must be God's work, his way, if we understand this. It will save us from despising the small things, the day of small things. No one in their right mind would have thought that Bradman's training as a young boy at his home in Shepherd Street Barrel would amount to anything. But regularly after school, he picked up a stump and threw that golf ball at that water tank, trying to hit it. He practiced for hours and hours and hours, developing tremendous eye-hand coordination as the ball came back from that water tank in all sorts of directions and heights and speeds. That small, little activity was instrumental in making Bradman the greatest cricket player in the world. And as we seek to do God's work, perhaps in small ways, as God-bearers, don't despise the day of small things. We despise that day when we don't serve God the way we should. When we don't see ourselves as his witnesses, his light-bearers but hiding it. 
We despise the day of small things when we think our serving of Jesus isn't important. Let's not despise that. Whatever you do for Jesus and his kingdom will last, is of eternal value. It may seem so unsmall, so, so insignificant. It might remain unseen, only by God. Nobody makes a big deal about it. like your daily private prayers at home for God's kingdom. Like that one vital brick in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus that he's building. But sometimes there is wonderful growth. I think of Hudson Taylor as he walked along Brighton Beach in England, wrestling with God, pleading for the souls of China. And God honoured that prayer and uh, a few months later, China Inland Mission was born. Later it became OMF, the Overseas Missionary Fellowship. Over the years there's been much opposition, but today OMF has 1,400 workers from 40 nations serving in approximately 100 people groups in Southeast Asia. Christ witnesses. His light shining, praise God. But even the day of, is of small things, even if that day is of small things, where we are, who knows what may come? Will we be his witnesses, his light, in the day of small things? Too often we think, we have to have enough things in place to start something. We have to start big. Get everything in place. That's not always the way God does it. In fact, as Sir Robert and the community began to work, their efforts just looked so pathetic. Success unlikely. No doubt there were some despising the day of small things. Was it not the case with Jesus? God's strategy to build his house? Born in such lowly, humble beginnings, under threat, so insignificant it seems. Good Friday looked utterly pathetic. Just another dead martyr on the cross. Even today, people despise the weakness of Jesus. What relevance? Only a swear word to many. Doesn't Zechariah tell you what God will do? A capstone will be put in place in that physical temple. A day will come, an apparent small day, when Jesus will put the capstone in his house. When his house is complete. Stories told of John Wesley, and on the last, one of the last letters that he ever wrote, six days before he died, was to William Wilberforce, who fought for the abolition of the slave trade through the, through the British Parliament. And Wilberforce 
to this point, had been facing tremendous opposition. And this is what Wesley said six days before he died, his last letter, that unless God has called you for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God is with you, who can be against you? Go on, sir. Go on in the name of God. And that's it. That perseverance. Because you know the big picture. And you know your part in it. However small it might be, he's building his temple. We, his co-workers, his light bearers, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. No one in his temple is a passive stone. In his building, but living stones. A royal priesthood called to draw others into the new temple. Leading them to Jesus, our temple builder and high priest. Not by might, nor by power, but by God's spirit. It's the work. And ours is the high honour, servants of the Lord. And like those two olive trees, those sons of oil. We must not despise a trickle that may come. One here, one there, a couple over here, over the years. A temple building, gospel ministry is a day of small things. Slow, often unrewarding, unnoticed, not spectacular, facing opposition and setback. Persevere. God is building his new temple. Go the long-haul servants of the Lord. Even in the day of small things, let's persevere asking his spirit to empower us to be his light bearers. He is with us. Jesus, the capstone, the stone that the builders rejected. Is he marvellous in your eyes? He's the completion of the whole thing. I heard a story of a church built in Kenya about 100 years ago and the day came when the bishop arrived to inspect the church. And so the elders gathered to meet him and the bishop walked through the church and he started commenting. I like that pulpit moved over there, please. And one of the elders said, but, but Bishop, we, we possibly couldn't do that. It's, it's bolted to the floor. And one of the other elders said, shh, shh, be quiet. Yes, yes, thank you, Bishop. Um, we've heard you. We understand what you're saying. Leave, it, leave that with us. And that font over there, that needs to go down the back. But, but Bishop, the, the font is cemented to the floor. We, we, we couldn't possibly move it. Shh, be quiet. Yes, Bishop, um, we know exactly what you mean. We'll, we'll, we'll fix that up. And then finally the Bishop said, that capstone over the arch, it's not lining up properly. Repos reposition it. Bishop, 
You just don't know what you're asking. Shh, be quiet. We understand, Bishop. Just, just leave that with us. And so anyway, the bishop headed off and um, one of the elders turned to the other and quoted an old African proverb which reads, when the storm passes, the grass will stand up again. Which is meant really to say that they weren't, weren't going to do anything about it. How could you? You can't move the capstone. The capstone holds the whole thing together. And dear people, Jesus Christ is the one essential component that holds the whole thing together, like Zerubbabel, holding the capstone, holding it before the people to complete the work. Don't despise the day of small things. As a young man, I had the great privilege of meeting a fellow by the name of Richard Bewes, an English minister who served at All Souls Langham Place in London. And he once shared a poem that had been passed down to him from his grandfather and his father. I'm only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. Now, what does that mean for you today? What does it mean for our church today? I want to make it your daily prayer and see how the Lord will use it. Let's bow for prayer then. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, we acknowledge how weak we really are, thinking we can rely on our own strength and cleverness and power. And so often, Lord, you humble us that we might realise this, that we can't do it. We need your help. And so we cry out to ask you for empowerment by your spirit to get the work done where you've placed us here. Encourage us, Lord, to know that you are a God who answers our prayers and encourage us to see that there is a grand picture and we have our part in it as your witnesses, your lampstands, fueled by the Spirit. May we not despise the day of small things. We know that a day is coming when it will be so great that we will see Jesus, our capstone, complete the work and we'll be in him and he in us so Lord please use each one of us even in small ways make us your servants 
to love and serve our great God and King, Jesus. Continue to stir in us, Lord, that same spirit that worked in the lives of Zerubbabel and the high priest and the image that we have, the picture we have in Zechariah 4. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.